Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Yuri Kruman, Chief Executive Officer and Head of Remote at HR Talent and Systems. And in this episode, we're going to consider the employee experience and we're going to ask, are men bad communicators? Yuri is a sought-after speaker and expert on HR, digital transformation and employee experience, also known as EX. Hey, Yuri, welcome to the show today. Bill, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to speak with you. So, Yuri, beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, so I do several different things. It's it's a bit of a, an unusual chair I sit in. So number one, I do HR consulting for tech startups, um, really a bunch of different organizations, nonprofits, uh, CPG, fin- fin- FinTech, I mean, you name it. Um, on the one hand, I come in and build strategic HR functions from scratch. It just means what I call adult HR, meaning, uh, okay, enough relying on the recruiter to do all your other stuff or outsourcing everything. You know, let's let's really take good care of your people. If you're serious about investing time and money and resources into doing that, not just hiring them, but actually keeping them, growing them, um, developing them, et cetera, let's do it. So I come in, I do an audit for three months, and then you know, another nine months I stay around and actually build what I propose. That's one part of it. Another part of it is I do a lot of um, coaching, mentoring, advising of different HR tech startups and other tech startups in general. I come in as a sort of C-suite coach. Um, I help um, particularly HR tech companies to kind of help them go to market, especially in the U.S. Um, Also help them with product strategy um, and just kind of understanding how channel partnerships works, um, et cetera. And I also work as an advisor for VCs. And uh, the other part of what I do is a ton of content. So I produce a lot of thought leadership around subjects like, uh, sure, of course, HR tech, um, let's see, the state of HR right now, future of work, um, a bunch of different subjects, essentially looking into what is or what should be the role of HR within uh, business and how to empower people, et cetera. So those are some of the things I do. And my goodness me, Yuri, what content you create, sir, is awesome. It's awesome. I was saying to Yuri before we hit record today, I love I love uh, all the opinions that you put out there. Um, and some of the opinions are stronger than others, and he doesn't hold back. And uh, I've, I've got I've got lots of respect for you, Yuri. Um, I, I love how you're, you're sharing and what you're sharing. So how did you end up in HR? It's about the most roundabout way you can possibly get into any profession. <laughs> I had uh, five other... Um, careers before this, I started out after college doing academic neuroscience at NYU. And in that first year, I went through you know a lot of questioning, you know, who am I? What am I doing here? Um, I started my first company, which believe it or not, was called juicyjews.com. It was a Jewish social network, arguably the first. Um, then I was politely asked to leave the program. Clearly, I was not a very good fit. You know, love the subject, but I, I like my finger and 10 different pots. It's not really great for grad school, which is very narrow. 
In turn, being a good immigrant boy, I went to law school because, you know, I need, I need to show that I'm not twiddling my thumbs. That's sort of the reasoning. And um, while I was in law school, I worked in a lot, a lot of very uh, different kinds of contexts, everything from insurance, defense litigation, personal injury, a bit of yield, uh, ambulance chasing. Um, I was at the New Yorker magazine for a week doing fact checking. Um, I wrote my first novel, or at least most of it, in law school. And then graduated in 2009, where there weren't um, really any jobs in law. <laughs> it was a recession. So having no other alternatives, I decided, you know what, I need, I need to pay my debt. I'm starting a family. And the debt is not just, you know, a couple grand here and there, 250000 of law school loans. So I went into finance, worked uh, kind of in legal compliance, terribly boring stuff, certainly for me. Um, I ended up switching uh, to briefly to consulting and then to tech. Um, and I worked in three different tech startups. In one, I was uh, doing finance and operations, which was an insane learning curve, literally walking in off the street to do that at, at an executive level. I jumped to another a competing company to do uh, product management. That was also an insane learning curve. And then um, after a while, I went over to a third startup where I was the director of special projects. And I started doing a bit of talent acquisition because that's just sort of what landed on my plate. And um, after that, I said, you know what? I drank enough of this uh, startup Kool-Aid. Let me go and start my own thing. Not a tech startup, but um, an executive coaching company. Because there's one thing I looked back and I said, okay, I've, I've had probably the craziest experience of pretty much anyone I know. And if there's one thing that I've learned to do, it's, you know, figure out myself, who am I, where am I going? And then to catch up my story to that in order to create opportunity. And I started doing it for friends and I'm like, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this stuff. Why don't I just do this as a business? And that became a master of the talk consulting. And after a while, I still was in the startup world. And I kept hearing, you know, well, I'm having a lot of trouble with HR. Like I'm really good at sales or marketing or biz dev as a founder, but I have absolutely no clue how to get people to come to my company or for that matter, to stay or to develop them. Can you help me? Of course, I said, yeah, because I'm talking to these people on the other end when they're trying to get the hell out of those companies that don't treat them well. So I turned that into a business that became um, essentially HR consulting. Um, you know, I, I did, let's say, performance management for uh, one company. I did uh, finance and operations, payroll for a third one. So sooner or later, I realized, you know what, I've actually more or less done all these different things under the HR umbrella. Why don't I just go and you know, try to be a head of HR. So I got my first opportunity at the beginning of 2020 and uh, I went in and before COVID, I had all of about two months and um, I did all this amazing stuff, overhauled um, essentially the HR function from scratch, started building and then, hey, you know what? Do you guys have any clue what's going to happen? We're all going to work remotely. It was, it was pretty clear. Like, that's what happens. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. We'll all be back in the office. Well, you know what happens. Um, and then I got another opportunity. I went back to a previous client that I'd coached. Um, and I said, you know what? I think you need more help than just coaching here. You need me to really build your strategic HR. And that's how I became a CHRO for, for them. Um, and since then, I've done a lot of consulting work in different capacities um, under that model that I mentioned previously, kind of a three-month audit and then coming in to actually build what I propose. So that's, that's how I got into this. It's exactly pretty much the most backward way you can get into any profession. 
Fidelo Inc. is a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance, and we're proud to support the HR Chat Podcast. We help identify strategic competencies and behaviors that drive results. Our team offers an HR web software to manage systems, reports, and data for HR people that need the best insights to make the right decisions and achieve better results. Learn more at Fidelo.com. In a recent article on LinkedIn, you write the following. Basically, humans, especially men, effing, and that's about as close as we're going to get to swearing on this show, listeners, yeah. uh, suck at communication. We have a million channels for communication, you know, WhatsApp, FaceTime, Messenger, face-to-face, FB, Slack, email, carrier, pigeon. Uh, <laughs> but our actual communication is poor and getting poorer. So my question for you, and I'd love you to answer in two minutes or less, is what do you mean by this? And why do you feel that men are particularly bad at communicating? Yeah, great question. So the reason I wrote about this, um, you know, um, in a WhatsApp with a couple of friends and like, you know, we moved away from New York a year and a half ago. So, okay, we keep in touch through this WhatsApp group. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't stand the humor anymore. And I'm just like, this is not working for me. And then, you know, one of them says something which was like, oh yeah, I know why you moved away. And he kind of insulted me. I was like, you know what, do I really need this crap? And the other one kind of jumped on board. I'm like, you know what, I really don't need this. Like, this is not friendship in my eyes. And then, you know, um, the, like, this is my oldest, oldest friend in New York. And he's like, Hey, what's up? What's going on? I said, listen, uh, this, this just isn't working for me, man. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. And we already went through that once. So I said, okay, enough. Like something's not working here. That inspired me to write this article. I looked around. I said, look, what is going on with men today? First of all, there's a big stigma around, well, you know, you're a man and that means you're a chauvinist and you push women down, all this all this nonsense. I mean, a lot of men I know are, are very much the opposite. I, I consider myself the opposite. So, but when, men can't really speak because like, hey, bro, there's the kind of bro culture. There's the culture of, you know, subvert your vulnerability because as a man, you can't really present that side of you. You always have to present, uh, whether it's a stiff upper lip in the UK or, you know, you present some kind of like uh, jokesy, you know, sport, uh, type front, right? And it, it doesn't work. That's why the suicide rate among, among men has gone way up, especially over COVID, because we don't talk about these things and how they affect mental health. And that's that's something that goes triple and quadruple in the workplace. So that's that's why I wrote this, because I've, I've, I've been seeing this for a long time. That's not how I see myself, but unfortunately, many other men don't see any other recourse. This episode of the HR Chat Podcast is supported by Move Forward. Move Forward, presented by Career Beacon, is an event for existing and aspiring people leaders to inspire change, adaptation, and progress in our new world of work. Join us on May 25th in the beautiful city of Halifax, Nova Scotia to see experts speak such as talent acquisition specialist, Tim Sackett and diversity and inclusion strategist, Torin Ellis. Tickets are selling fast, so don't wait, get your tickets today at moveforward.ca. That's movefwd.ca. Let's uh, offer a follow-up question on that, but let's focus on the the workplace because this is a podcast for HR pros and leaders. Uh, How can poor communication manifest itself in the workplace and what are the negative consequences on the employee experience? And, And maybe you can also suggest things that we can do to improve the situation. And again, I'm going to challenge you to answer in two minutes or less. 
Okay, so in the workplace, this manifests in several ways. Number one is, well, you know, if you're junior and you had just, let's say the last two years and a half, you've been working um, remotely, you don't really have that water cooler experience. You're not really familiar with office politics. You're really, you know, behind in a lot of just human interaction at work. So that's that's a big problem for everyone, not just men. Um, number two, you know, I, I do a lot of trainings around this. People tend to be pretty terrible at managing expectations. Their expectations of others, others' expectations of them, and their own expectations of themselves. And because of those three levels of very poor expectation management, there is often, you know, poor communication. Well, you know, I'm behind or I'm procrastinating. Nobody bothers to ask why. Nobody digs deeper because that's not done at work. You more or less just bring your work side with you and leave the rest at home. So we have a lot of these very bad dynamics that prevent people from voicing what they really believe because they don't feel comfortable sharing. They don't feel comfortable being vulnerable at work. And then you have a bunch of other things that are just basic, like, you know, project management timeline or, you know, make sure that people are aware of what's going on and what's being built and are we on schedule and on budget. So it's it's more complex dynamics, but it's also very simple things. Okay, thank you very much. Now then, in another uh, post called Five Ways Transactional Thinking is Robbing You Blind and How to Stop It Now, you say the following. The trouble is, most of us really don't get how this transactional, tactical, short-sighted thinking has become a self-fulfilling prophecy. With four-second attention spans, yeah, it's true, uh, insanely short news cycles and blazing fast internet and mobile data speeds driving us crazy, that wasn't the original word, uh, anxious and inattentive uh, transactional thinking you suggest blinds us to what unites us while making things worse in terms of greater levels of separation, makes us more easily manipulated, takes away our hope and makes us depressed. And all of this causes us to be more dependent on tech and less dependent on our own sense of right and wrong and truth and lies. Why, why do you think that transactionally, sorry, why, why do we think transactionally and how can we adjust our mindsets to try and, <laughs> to try and counter some of these negative consequences? So in essence, look at this from the workplace perspective. I mean, a lot of my work around building learning and development programs is exactly battling this problem, meaning, okay, how do I become more self-aware? Who am I? Where do I come from? What is my background? How does that in turn determine or influence my behavior as a man, as a woman, being from a certain you know, cultural, a national, uh, whatever background? You know, just that alone already brings people back to some kind of earlier version of themselves, which perhaps was a little bit less tech dependent, was a little bit more uh, kind of holistic, right? And in a way, what I'm doing with my work is helping people to reconnect with who they really are. And it's not kumbaya, let's sit on the beach and light a fire. It's just saying, you know, look, look at your <laughs> mental stack, if you will, what makes up who you are and how you see the world. Once you're aware of that, then, yeah, maybe you can say, let me... Let me look at tech not as something evil. It's just, it's neutral. It's something that I can use to improve my life or to worsen my life. So instead of being a victim and, and kind of just seeing that, oh no, social media 
messed up my life or, you know, I don't know, whatever project management is, is ruining my work experience. Let me, let me turn that around and say, okay, I remember who I am. I know where I'm going. I know how this particular project, this role, whatever aligns with who I am and where I'm going professionally and personally. Now let me reverse engineer the tech that I need in order to create that path for myself proactively. So tech by itself is not evil. Tech is just a means to an end. But you have to be aware of who you are and where you're going in order to engineer tech to work in your favor. I want to talk a little bit about your latest book now. Uh, what, what compelled you to write your latest book, Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief? Well, several things. On the business side, I looked around at how corporations do learning and development. And, you know, frankly, it's, it's a very sad lot. Um, essentially, oh, well, let's get a, a learning management system and stuff it with some content, um, you know, and hope for the best. Like, what, what kind of nonsense is that? How do, how do you teach people more or less hoping that whatever you need them to learn will be absorbed? That's that's completely not based in talking to people. Hey, who are you? Where are you going? How can I help you get there? It's not co-built with them, meaning there's not really great buy-in. It's more or less, hey, you know, we're going to paint uh, lipstick on this pig and, and we're going to force you with, with a smile to do this. That doesn't work. So in order to do learning and development well, you have to address the whole person. If we saw anything during COVID, is that you can't just address the person working in the business. You have to address, you know, the person with the kids in the background and, you know, whatever mental health issues, et cetera. So you have to customize the experience as much as you can for each person to the degree that you're able. So looking out at that and also looking back at my life experience of, you know, six careers, uh, being an immigrant now twice, um, and, and just trying to understand who am I, where am I going, and what is it that I need to do to get there without any, you know, experience or connections or uh, brilliant insight, right? I mean, I've been a consumer of self-help for a long time, but it's all disjointed. It's like, hey, time management, rah, rah, rah. But okay, how does that connect to my spiritual life, right? So my, my job, as I see it, is as a horizontal integrator of all of these different subjects. And looking at all of this, looking at self-help and behavioral change as optimizing a conversation. And there are four conversations, and I write about this in four books. One is with your body. So it's your fitness, health, nutrition, sleep, et cetera. Number two is mental models and life skills, meaning how do you battle, how do you identify and battle the cognitive biases you have, and then manage expectations, manage your finances, career, um, you know, and whatever other things like your learning stack. Number three is dealing with other people. How does that conversation look for you? How do you structure it from a place of core values? Not just at work, but at home. And number four, kind of think of it as Maslow's hierarchy. At, at the top is what is your conversation with God or the universe? How do you make sense of whatever you've been through? And how do you figure out for yourself what is the meaning of life and pursue it? Well, I think maybe we should finish there on a meaning of life statement. Um, Yuri, before we do wrap up, though, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more? Uh, first of all, Bill, again, thank you for having me on. Um, it's very easy to find me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Yuri Kruman, Y-U-R-I, last name K-R-U-M-A-N. You can look me up on my website, yurikruman.com, or just email me directly, yuri.kruman at gmail.com. And if you haven't read any of uh, Yuri's posts yet, 
Um, I would strongly encourage you to do so and check out his books and uh, and learn more about him because he is creating some awesome content. So uh, kudos again to you, Yuri. Uh, that just leaves me to say for today, uh, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.